In 2016, we all Eurovision fans were struck by amazement by a young girl from Austria who sang a happy pill in French about a land far away. That didn't happen since Udo Jürgens sang three French words in his winning song Merci Chérie from 1966. How come she sang the song in French? How many tries have Zoe made to reach Eurovision? And what has happened in her life since 2016 in Stockholm? That is what I, Emma Lövström, am going to find out today in Eurovision Legends. Bonjour et bienvenue to my podcast, Zoe Straub. Hi, bonjour. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, very, very good. I guess you have an easy piece of life now with a newborn. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep, <laughs> a lot of work, but it's it all pays off. It's 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 wonderful. What is your first memory of Eurovision Song Contest? Oh my God, my first memory. I mean, I must have been very, very young, and I I remember my parents uh, watching it and listen. No, they were listening to it on the radio because there were com- commentators and it was really lovely but I, I wasn't allowed to stay up that late but that, I don't remember which year it was but it was it was long long time ago maybe 20 years ago something like that but that was my first memory yeah you took part in a national pre-selection in Austria 2015 with mm-hmm. three songs was it three songs it was one no it was Skelfilou yeah, in general, I think it was three songs. And adieu. Yes, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. It's been so long. Still it is hurting inside. I dream we would be a king, a queen. It cut like a knife. My heart's still beating. But I'm still alive. My heart still beats. Allez-vous en, monsieur. Je n'ai plus de pitié. We can't for me because uh, since I was little I wanted to do the Eurovision also because my father had already written some songs for other contestants which didn't reach um, the pre-selection or maybe the pre-selection but they didn't go to Eurovision he also once went to the pre-selection the uh, national um, pre-selection by himself with with a singer but uh, so for me there was always like a goal I want I want to do that one day but it was not in the slightest bit uh possible in my eyes because I never thought I could I could do that it was like winning an Oscar or something like something that you dream of but that can't happen in real life and then I I started writing music with my dad and we wrote a song called Adieu and I sang that at a presentation of one of his projects and there was a host from a radio show and he heard the song and he told us you know that they are looking for uh, songs for the Eurovision you should submit it 
So we did that. And uh, I was doing some pre-rounds from round to round. It started by 240 people, then 120. And then in the end, it was just me. And I think like we were like 15 or 20 people in the end. And uh, since Adieu was already out there, we had to do another song. And so uh, we wrote, that was actually the first song that we submitted. And then we wrote, we wrote, I think, five or six songs, which all went on my first album. But for the show, we uh, chose Quel Filou. I remember that I really wanted it to be Quel Filou. And Quel Filou was in French at the beginning, and then we changed it in English. So that was my first encounter as a, as a contestant for Eurovision. The next year, we just had Loindissier. I remember that. It was only Loindissier, nothing else. You got a third place, and the make-makes with the song I'm Yours became Austria's representative on home soil with a burning piano and ended up with <laughs> zero points in the final. Okay. In retrospect, are you happy that you didn't reach Eurovision that year? I mean, I don't know, because I think that... Uh, I mean, I'm happy for everything that happened. So in the in the end, it, I think it was the, the the good, the best thing to happen. On the other hand, I think that Kerfilu could have worked with Eurovision as well. It was something different than Mondici. So I think it would have been interesting to see how far that would have gotten me. But I'm very, very happy that I was able to go to Eurovision in Sweden. Because, I mean... Yes, I live in Vienna and it would have been in Vienna that year. So there wouldn't be this whole traveling experience and being in a different city. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that I did it the next year as well. But I was really scared when I was asked if I wanted to do it again. Because um, for me, imagining that like failing twice would have been such a, I don't know, would have hurt so much because... <laughs> I really wanted to do it and I knew I couldn't do it a third time because in Austria, I know in some countries, it's really normal to do it like many, many times until you finally get to do it. But in Austria, you don't do that. I mean, I think I was probably one of the, the few people that did two pre-selections. I mean, Vincent Bueno, he was in the same pre-selection than me in 2016, I think. Um, but this year, there was no pre-selection. So either you get chosen by the jury Or you have this pre-selection. For me, the national selection was like such a pressure because it's live on TV and everybody sees you. It's like Eurovision, like a small, small Eurovision where everybody sees if you get how many points you get. And to not not do it, not get the points a second time would have hurt a lot. So I'm very happy that it worked out because it was an amazing experience. Yeah, and I'm very happy for that too. And the song Luan Dizzy, it was written by you and your father, mm -hmm. Christophe yes. Traub. And yes. in French, uh, yes. I wonder, were there ever any English lyrics to the song from the beginning? No, Rondissier was always in French, um, which is interesting because Quel Filou, like the, the song I sang 2015, was also written in French at the beginning. And then we tried to make it more uh, for, for that so that many people would get the references and, and be in more involved in it because we thought the English lyrics would help make more people understand or like the song. But in the end, it was just something that 
was I think more real because it was the first version in the French version. So for me, it was clear that if you write another song, no matter what language, it starts to be. You know, it could have been in English as well, but it happened to be French, so we had to stay true to the song in it. So I'm happy that I I want I wanted to stay true to how it was written and to the moment. Like is something if something happens, like a song that gets written, you just have to go with the flow. You cannot say, okay, now we're gonna change it completely. For me, that's my my point of view. So um, I'm happy that we stayed in French, even though a lot of people were very confused. And because I couldn't explain why it was in French, it just happened and we had to do, we had to stick to it and we had to um, go with it. And I'm, I'm very happy because I didn't want to change anything. What I'm so subtly fishing for is, do you have any early demo of the song that we can hear? From Noisy? Oui. The funniest thing is on my first album, it came out in, I don't know, what, like no, late 2015. So I think that's why we could do it at Eurovision, because the song existed before I'd, I was chosen for Eurovision, uh, before I was, I was going to the national selection. And the song on the album... Uh, is like it's on like the way we wrote it at the beginning Are you fluent in French? Yes. Marveilleux. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. I went to French school. You became a fan favorite early on together with Russia. Were you surprised? Yes. Very, yes, <laughs> for me it was like, I, and I didn't even realize it until we went to all the Eurovision parties. Because um, with Austria, I mean, you know that it's always a thing of are they going to the finals or not? Are yeah. they through or not? So um, and of course, I was extremely scared of not going to the final because. Usually when you don't go to the final in Austria, everybody says, I knew it, she sucks, why didn't they take somebody else? It's a shame, blah, blah, blah. I, for me, that was my biggest goal. So I never even thought about winning because I knew that was kind of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but going to the final was like winning. And there's also a funny picture where we look, like the whole delegation looks as if we won because we we went to the final. And for us, it was like, okay, great. We, we, we just won our own little, we just did what we really wanted to do and we, we got it. And so that's, but I, I never realized that, that I could be, because I didn't know the Eurovision community as well, obviously, as I did afterwards. And uh, realizing there that there were people singing my song in French from verse number one to the last chorus, I was extremely overwhelmed because I never, I felt like a superstar in that moment with the knowledge in my head that, that that's Eurovision and that's the moment. And it's not going to be like that when I go back to Vienna. <laughs> but in the moment like that, I was just so overwhelmed by the community. And um, I, I, yes, I, I remember just one, one person of the delegation saying like, oh my God, the last time it was like this, it was like with Conchita. Of course, Conchita won and it was bigger, but I was like super touched and also surprised that 
the the community uh, liked me and liked the song and the the whole spirit because what we tried to uh, deliver was f like this kind of a fantasy of being happy and it wasn't a fantasy but just this this really light place where you just don't have to be you don't have to struggle you don't have to cry you just gotta be happy and and then that, that worked because uh, people were singing and dancing and having fun with the song so that was exactly what what it was all about so i was happy that that worked out because I, i thought either way they they hate it because it's such a sweet thing like cute and 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 light and not not deep enough but i think sometimes you don't have to uh, be super write super depressing lyrics or deep lyrics to touch people sometimes you just have to have the, the right spirit in the song and I, I felt that that was that that worked out so I was very happy and, and still am very happy about that yeah I'm sorry I'm talking so long always that's one of my uh problems <laughs> I, I don't know when to stop talking <laughs> Jungling, I have talking to Paul Oscar from Iceland and he could talking in 40 minutes of all those <laughs> questions so it's no problem at all okay, you just have to stop me if I go on for too long <laughs> sorry The contest in 2016 was held in Sweden. Can mm -hmm. you take us back to Stockholm and your memories from there? I have really lovely memories because uh, I was there with my delegation and a part of my delegation was my family. Uh, my father was there with me, obviously, because he was writing the song with me and also my boyfriend, who was my moral support. Um, who is now my fiance, so still everything's good there as well. Uh, and <laughs> I think that was a big advantage because I was 19 and even though you're an adult at 19 you're not you're still somehow a child for me I was it like you need the support the, the 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 love that comes unconditionally and not just uh you're a singer you're an artist but also you're a daughter and you're a girlfriend so for me that was really nice because it helped me down to earth through the whole process because it's like Of course, it's it's easy to get taken away with the whole um, everybody singing along or applauding, screaming your name. You, 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 I think if you don't have the right people around you, you're just getting ahead of yourself. And you're like, oh my god, I'm a star, and I knew I wasn't because I was there with my family, and I'm still me. And it was just this is Eurovision. This is two weeks of complete overwhelming feelings. But when I go home, it's not going to be like that. So I knew that. So it was that was great because I had to, I could share those moments with my closest people, my closest family. Yeah. I wasn't because it, it is stressful, but I love the stress. I love stress when it's coming for something that I love doing. So for me, I wasn't having a breakdown or or crying or being because I saw I saw people being way too stressed out about everything. Uh, and I didn't have that. I mean, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I loved eating shatbulla. I loved uh, <laughs> I loved going through the old sister town, and 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 it was really amazing. I loved also giving the interviews. Like I don't, I, as you can see, I don't mind talking a lot. So I didn't have a lot of issues with that. And smiling for pictures. I mean, that's what I chose. And uh, for me, that was an amazing experience. And also, everybody was super professional. It was. I mean, if I rethink that, it's like, is it real? And then uh, is it did that really happen? Because it was so big and so it's amazing. Yeah, blah, memories yeah, to conclude everything. Blah, blah, blah. Did you become friends with Annie from the other delegations? Uh, I mean, we talked to some people, but I think that what, because I always thought, oh, they must hang out all together. It must be so fun. And I think some people managed to do that, but all delegations were like, 
having so much work to do. Mm-hmm. It was it's 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 a lot of work. You don't have a lot of free time, and and then suddenly you stand next to uh, Jamie Lee from Germany for a picture, but you don't really get to say hi. I'm Zoe. How are you? Because it's all like with there's so much around. So I didn't make like friends. I wouldn't say friends, but of course I made acquaintances. I made I met people. But I think that was easier during the Eurovision parties because it was way re- more relaxed and we were able to chill and not go from one interview to the next and wait in line to get us our picture taken. But I didn't mind because, as I said, I had my family and, of course, you can say, oh, it's, so it's a shame that I didn't get to be, become friends with the other people. But and for the moment, I think everybody was so focused. focused. I mean some people were actually being there okay I could win because I knew I, I wouldn't win so that I didn't have the big pressure on but um, so they were all concentrated and working and singing and and and, and drinking tea and I was there like yeah I wanna, who wants to drink a red wine with me and uh, I don't know chill around so that wasn't really happening but every time I go to a Eurovision party now I think there's something that connects us all because we all have been through this similar experiences so if I ever meet somebody, of course, we always pretty much always get along. So to conclude, no, I didn't make friends, but <laughs> but I met a lot of people and I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping to meet them again uh, in a different setting so we can really talk about stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I believe I've seen your performance probably a hundred times and it's so <laughs> cheerful, innocent and beautiful. And I wonder, was the performance your own vision? Yes, it was actually, because it looks like it's maybe somebody who wants me to be in this kind of a fairy tale setting. But while writing the song, that was the vision that my father and I had. It had to be some kind of a fairy tale, cheesy somehow. Maybe people would say, but for me, it was just no. That's the way it is. It's not. It's not. I'm not pretending to be cheerful blonde girl in a pink dress because I am that very happy person that blonde young 19 year old girl on stage I'm, I'm enjoying myself I love being here I'm not smiling because I have to but because that's how I feel and I felt the song in that moment every time when I stood up in front of so many people I just really felt it because it's just pure happiness to be on the stage for me yeah and also I mean I always wanted a, a dress to like that and where can you wear something like that than other than Eurovision <laughs> and also the back the paintings everything had to be like in this sort of comic spirit not 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 realistic we didn't want a real tree or real flowers we wanted something that was painted so we had a um a friend of ours who is um working on film and everything here and he's also a great painter and they just painted the whole, the flowers in the background so it had to be something like uh, yellow submarine from the beat something very crazy cute but still um not to be taken too seriously but to be enjoyed so the whole vision was actually um our vision yeah <laughs> well vision. but but <laughs> even if people think it's look cheesy it's very honest yes it's cheesy and it's honest because i was like living it at the moment i was like having so much fun and believe so. me we lived it too <laughs> yes that's that's nice to hear thank you because i that's, that's what i felt that people enjoyed it because they saw that it was uh, not fake. It was actually, even though it could look so fake, but it wasn't. Did you have any favorite among your competitors? I really liked Francesca Michelin. I love the song. And yeah. Italy is always as beautiful. I love ballads. I love touching songs. I, lo- I love that one, yes. <laughs> 
It was so many impressions in one night and in three nights actually, but uh, and I have to admit I don't rewatch it as many times because I I try to ha have it in my in my mind like it was and not and and I cannot watch myself on stage either. That's something I cannot do. Why? I cannot I cannot watch my own performance. No, almost oh. never. And oh if I God. do, just on my own to boost my to do. No, I cannot watch myself because I hear everything that I could have done better, and I'm very. Um, I critique myself way too much, so uh, I just enjoy the memory of it and the feeling when I think about it. Oh my God, we fell in love with you that night. <laughs> I, I, that, that's so nice to hear. But one one thing I watched though, like I think three or four times, was because I remember that moment. It was in the grand final, and I didn't get many jury points. And then there was this new kind of way how to to announce who has yeah. points from the audience and i remember i think eighth i've been in the eighth place exactly and i and i had a lot of points and i was so because i was sitting there the whole time like oh damn it we're gonna be end up so whatever 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 and then i remember i i heard the points and i was so so touched because i um i the jury didn't like it but who but the people the audience or so many more and they liked it so i was like uh, i that moment when I, i stood up and i think i <laughs> i said thank you or something like that and that moment really if i watch it again it gives me it gives me goosebumps because i had a wonderful applause and i just felt um the audience felt with me and yeah so that was a wonderful moment for me Actually, I, I rewatched this today, and yeah, you really you got standing ovations. And yeah, I, no, that was I, did, I didn't I didn't think that would happen. I just that all of that happened naturally. I stood up, and and people were cheering, and I was like, oh my God, this is my this is my Eurovision moment right now. And that was um, it's always a great memory to rethink about it. Without the jury, you would have placed eight, and I'm still baffled <laughs> that you only got a thirteenth place in the end. Which is great because I love the number thirteen. <laughs> Russia came third, Australia came second, and Ukraine won that night with a non-political song, 1944. <laughs> What mm -hmm. do you think about the, that outcome? I didn't. I have to admit, I'd never. Uh... I mean, I met Jamala and she was nice. And, 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 I, and when I saw the performance first with the tree that uh, I wrote, the, the, yeah, I think it was a tree that came. It was a great, great uh, vision. Like, it was beautiful to watch. But when I listened to all the songs, I didn't think that she would win at mm -hmm. the beginning. Because yeah. I felt that France was kind of a favorite as well. Uh, and Russia, of course. I thought it would be Russia. First, when I listened to all the songs, I didn't think that Jamala would be... Uh, that high and i don't i think the batting odds weren't that well either for her 
at the beginning. And and the people who saw it were like, and then her betting odds went straight up. And I, I didn't see it first. And then when I watched her performance, I understood it because it was also very real, very touching. And the, the visuals were, I think, great in, in combination with the song. Since Eurovision, you have released a couple of singles. And I must say, I'm a big fan of your music. How you. would you describe your genre? <laughs> Undescribable. No, um, <laughs> no it changes because I think people change. And sometimes, I mean, um, Kefilou is so much so different from Luan d'ici. And um, the second album I did was so different as well. And then C'est la vie, a single ever released, was more like Kefilou again. C'est la vie, and when you feel your heart is broken, c'est la vie. Although it's not that clear to to people listening what what kind of a style is because it's like pop chanson it's, 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 I cannot really describe it but it's just something that comes from the heart and I think that sometimes you're happy and then you sing a happy song sometimes you're sad you sing a sad song you write a sad song I'm, I'm not gonna, always going to be you know who I was in 2016 in a pink dress singing one DC of a fairy tale and and Sometimes I am that, but sometimes I'm something different. And so I think that, that I cannot really describe my style because it changes over the years, over the months, over the days, over my mood. <laughs> In 2018, you were one of the composers for the song Who We Are that San Marino mm -hmm. participated with. How did you end up in San Marino? <laughs> oh, that's a long story. My father was um, asked to do this one in 360 competition, and then they they asked me to be like I wasn't a, I didn't choose the song, but I was um, a co-writer for many of the songs from this pre-selection. But uh, we had no saying in who who would participate in the end. But it was a, a great experience because we wrote the songs. We, we met all the singers and their personalities and we tried to write something for them that would fit. I mean, I don't know if you heard Sarah the Blues uh, out of the twilight. I mean, we just yes, saw her yes. and it was a song that we wrote and just really worked with her. And for some songs, um, it wasn't very specific who would sing it, um, but it was so much fun to to write for other people as well. And since I, I kind of know Eurovision, I think, a bit because I've been there, it was just so so fun to imagine one of those songs going there. But um, I mean, I, I I really like Jessica, and and I think that they did they did what the best that they could. But uh, for me, I have to be honest to say that I think that Sarah de Blue would have, with the right performance, with the right setting, it would have been great for Eurovision. I have to say that was my favorite that year.
to be honest there. I mean, you didn't even ask me, but it's just, I have to say that I'd like, because I think she would have the whole concept. It was real because it was her, but it also looked like something that somebody had made up, but it was her. The whole thing, the Sarah de Blue, that's her. So that it was would have been real and not fake and still something that would have been like a story. And I think that worked with Mondesi as well, that as a performance at Eurovision has to stand out somehow, has to take people into a different world for three minutes, only three minutes. And I think that uh, Out of the Twilight would have worked very well. Sadly, it didn't happen, but it was it would have been great. The Eurovision gossip says that you have tried to reach Eurovision more times. Can you reveal any songs you have written for the contest? Me? Yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> Never? No. I'm trying to think, but I don't have. No, I, I haven't. No. So the song Dangerous Affair wasn't written for Eurovision? No, that was um, something that I did as a single. Yeah. When was that? Was in 2017? I don't even remember when I released the song. 2017? Honestly, say it wasn't written for Eurovision. And I didn't, even if I ever went back, it would not have been so close to my first entry. If I'm not saying the truth. It's because I just honestly don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that all of the San Marino songs were uh, the only ones that we tried to submit to Eurovision and that my songs were all uh, just just for me. <laughs> were just my songs. You can have it all. to see you again in Eurovision, you think? I wouldn't say expect and I wouldn't say never, but um, I'm not sure if I could satisfy the Eurovision community again because, as I said, I've changed. And I think what I did back then was real and true and that was yeah. me. But the way I am right now and then people might expect me to be that again in five years and I will never be like that in five years. 28 and I don't think I can pull that off by by being real and true to myself so I think that would be like a big problem because I maybe and also of course everybody who goes back is scared if they reached if they went to the final and reached kind of a good position for me 13 was perfect <laughs> um they're scared of being worse the next time because my Eurovision experience was so beautiful and unique I really enjoy watching and I would love to write a, maybe for someone else and I wouldn't say never because experiencing the whole Eurovision was something that, uh, that just the feeling of being there and the, the whole the parties the Eurovision cafe everything uh, I wouldn't want to miss that and I would love to feel that again but I don't know if it's worth the risk of not satisfying myself and the audience and the vision that Eurovision has of me It's a complicated question, and I, I think if it ever happened, it would have be like a really intuitive move, and it had to be the right song. It had to be everything should have had to be perfect for this moment, uh, so that I could say yes, I'm going to do it again. But right now, uh, I I can't imagine. I would be too scared to do it again. 
Austria have won Eurovision twice. What song is your favorite among Austria's songs? From all the songs? Yeah. Well, no one did no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Merci Chérie was something beautiful. Rise Like a Phoenix, of course, as well. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I liked, I loved the, the make makes as well. I don't know why, why that went so wrong in the direction of the points because it wasn't bad at all. Uh, and a panda song I liked as well. I am not very good at picking favorites. Uh, let's just say all of them were great, <laughs> to be fair <laughs> to everybody, very diplomatic. Thank you so much, Zoe, that you took your time to talk to me. I believe you have more matters to attend to, like nursing your baby instead of my ego. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, inviting me. I mean, it's actually uh, really nice to be talking to you and having a little break from being a mom for half an hour. That was really nice. Thank you. And thanks to you, our listeners out there in the world. Yesterday, I saw we have listeners in 86 countries around the world. Surprisingly, I'm pretty big in Botswana and Colombia. Well, cheers for that. <laughs> Great. Hi. <laughs> I hope you liked this episode. And if you do, please share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe to Eurovision Legends from wherever you are listening from. You can contact me and join us on Facebook and Instagram or write a mail to email at lagervannerna.se. Merci beaucoup. J'espère vous rencontrer en personne un bonjour. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Non, c'est très bien. Moi aussi. <laughs> à bientôt. Or as you say in Austria, grüß Gott. Auf Wiedersehen. Enchanté, enchanté dans un pays.